0: Logos and Centrifugal podcast. I'm Chance Lunsford. I'm also Logos and Centrifugal. You might also be Logos and Centrifugal. While you're trying to figure that out, let me introduce today's special guest I have with me, Matt Stevens. Uh, this is a dude I ran into on Twitter. Um, he's very much immersed in the physical transformation world, we'll say, um, but not just The physical transformation world but the the mind and the the attitude behind actually making that something that you can do over time and sort of transitioning that also into business personal business and helping other people develop their business sense um and teaming up with some of the other major players in those realms on twitter as well and um you know i've been paying attention to what you've done for a while now um and one of the things that is of interest to me is the transformation process that you've gone through that you talk about. But beyond that, man, I'll uh, just want to say, thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast and uh, taking the time to come help educate the listeners. And um, with that, why don't you fill in any gaps on who you are and what you do that you feel like tossing out?
1: Awesome chance. Well, yeah, first off, Thank you for inviting me, man. I, I, I really uh, uh, appreciate it. And I'm humbled that, you know, people want to kind of give me the spotlight a little bit. And I like to you know, do what I can to just when I when I get the spotlight is just kind of put it on other people and just kind of give whatever I can give to help others out. You know, I've been in a rough spot before. Uh, and I guess just to give a quick summary about me is, you know, I, I basically grew up in, in health and fitness. Pretty much my mom was a figure competitor and everything. And she was very health conscious, fed me and my brother, both really healthy food growing up and everything. I got into lifting when I was in middle school, you know, uh, in Alabama, they're real big on football. So obviously in the summer times when when I was even just 12, they'd have weightlifting programs for for us and they would teach us lifting with just sticks. So we'd, we'd know technique. They were real big on technique and whatnot to prevent injury and everything like that. So grew up lifting and, and you know, trying to, you know, find things of, of getting better, becoming stronger, becoming faster, so on and so forth. When I got into college, I also had a music background. I played in a band when I was in middle school all the way through college. When I was in college, we basically took our band to the next level and we're playing at plenty of clubs and bars and fraternities and sororities, private events. Man, it was just it was a lot of fun. And I, I put health and fitness on the back burner. Well, it wound up being one of the biggest mistakes that I ever made. Um, I got sucked into the party scene. Uh, you know, I was going to the University of Alabama and went up there making straight A's, you know, and and I'm the one that's, you know, I'm sure as, as it is with many, go to college, get a degree, get a job, get married, get a house, get a mortgage. Like, you know, that kind of that that road uh, that I always talk about, you know, that lay out in front of you. And it's the safe path, you know, safe, quotation marks. Um, and I failed out of school. I uh, got sucked into the party scene, got into, you know, a, a, a bad rhythm with the bar scene. And uh, it got to my head. I thought we were good. We were making great money. We were traveling. I was playing gigs in Atlanta, Valdosta, uh, Starkville, Birmingham, Panama City, Mobile. Man, it was just it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, Some of the best times of my life, I'm not going to lie, but it took its toll on me. Uh, Eventually my bad habits, because, you know, when you get done playing music at three o'clock in the morning, the only thing that is open at a college town are fast food restaurants, man. So I lived off fast food for a long time and it it took a toll on my not only my physical health, but also my mental health as well. And I was also you know, taking ADHD medication. uh, I think it was Vyvanse. And, you know, I think that kind of took its toll on me as well. I became extremely anxious. I became, and I believe that led me into depression. I would honestly get so anxious, and I had never been like this in my entire life. I was nervous to go into crowds. I, when I, you know, university of Alabama is a huge school. So I'd go into class with 180 to 100 other students, and I'd be sitting there, man, and I felt like people would, were looking at me. And, you know, I was very self-conscious and it scared the hell out of me. So I stopped going to class and it was something that I kept in the back of my mind. I didn't want to, I didn't want th- to even think about it, man. I, when I, when I brought up, Oh, should I drop my classes? I was like, no, let's just, let's not, let's not even go there. It was something that I was just like, I'm going to avoid this. I'm going to play video games. I'm going to smoke weed. I'm going to go out and get drunk and just, you know, do, do whatever. And I, they basically had the consequences coming to me. I asked for them, so it basically ran its toll, man, on me. I uh, was dealing with depression. Uh, friends would invite me to events, and I would basically try to avoid them. Um, hmm. They—I had a buddy one time show up to my house. He invited me to the river. And, you know, I gave him a maybe. But this is my best friend, man. He showed up to my house, and he was like, "Hey, man, grab your bathing suit. Let's go." And I was like, no, I'm um, like, I literally told him to his face. Nah, you know, cause I just, I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to be around the people, man. I was in my safe zone in my living room, watching movies, smoking weed, man. It was just like, that was, it was my, I was just trying to escape for myself, really, you know? And, you know, he got pissed off at me. He didn't understand and, and it's tough to understand. Uh, and anyway, there was one morning I woke up. It was about the end of 2013, beginning, it was beginning of 2014. Uh, a, my a girlfriend that I had dated had broken up with me at the end of 2013. And that was rough. And I think that's one of the other things that kind of did it for me. Um, and also one reason why I think women are great for men's development, <laughs> uh, because they, you know, the, the feminine reflects the masculine man, and, and they're going to reject you if, if you're not holding on to your own. Um, but anyway, I walked into my bathroom one afternoon, uh, sober. I didn't have any money to buy any weed or alcohol or anything like that. <laughs> and looked at myself in the mirror and was just like, man, I, I, I can't keep doing this. Like this, I, I can't even believe this. It happened. Why did I let myself get like this? And it was so many mixed emotions into it. And I, I honestly got to the point where I was just like pissed. I was like, it's time for me to do something. And the first thing I knew I needed to do was get my body right. It was the one thing that I let go that I had in my entire life. And I guess I kind of took it for granted. But, you know, I was facing the consequences. And did a ton of research on diets. I forced myself to go into a gym. I went to a powerlifting gym, man. Like I'd walk in and there's dudes like in bench suits, benching like 500 pounds. And I'm like walking in there being you know, completely totally out of shape you know depressed just trying to you know walk past them without looking or anything like that and it was as uncomfortable as it was I, I didn't want to go back to what I knew uh I was going to be getting myself with the, the whole depression aspect and whatnot I, I knew this was something that I had to do turns out those dudes were some of the nicest guys I ever met but anyway um I started working out, man, and, and I started eventually started feeling better. I found a diet that that was a little bit reputable and I got some results, man. I started to get my confidence back a little bit. You know, I was I played rhythm guitar and I sang. So it was tough for me to get on stage and sing in front of people and being as out of shape as I was. I used to drink just to numb that. And it was so much easier for me to lead the party while drunk, you know, and, and of course it would, it would affect my performances sometimes, but man, it just, it was something that I I couldn't deal with it, man. So I got my confidence back on stage. I I stopped drinking completely. I was able to play on stage while not drinking. And that was huge. You know, it was a big thing that I was, uh, it, it was like a huge step out of my comfort zone for one. But reading up on the diet, it was like, nope, don't do any alcohol. And I was like, okay, if that's what I gotta do, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit. So I quit for like several months, and eventually I got back in school. I started dating another great girl, and dude, things just started to come around. And of course, I've had my ups and downs uh, since then. You know, no, no progress is linear. Of course, I've learned a few lessons since then. But man, ever since that day. I walked in the bathroom, things have just exponentially gotten better. And I'm just looking, I've, I've gotten addicted more to the feeling of just getting better and improving things and uh, how I can grow and how I can help others grow. And you know, what's the next move for me? And that's what I look for nowadays. It's just, it's, it's completely amazing. It's like, it's, it's also another realization for me. Like some of our greatest blessings are wrapped in what seems like a curse. You know what I mean? So it it just, it's something that made me, you know, uh, it, I I dug myself into a hole, hit the bottom and climbed my way back out. And I've just been climbing ever since. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's basically the gist of it. Here I am now, uh, diet coach, a personal trainer, helping people get into shape, helping people coach people into becoming better mentally as well. And dude, I just, I love it.
0: You know, there's a lot, there's a lot to that, uh, just in general, but there's a lot to that that I can identify with on a lot of levels, you know, um, for example, my mother, uh, was a singer and, you know, toured all over, um, you know, spent like 15 years on the road straight Wow. and, and it burned her out, you know, and she, she made a lot of maybe choices that didn't invest, I suppose, in her, in her long-term satisfaction, but she had a hell of a time and she was a hell of a singer too. Um, you know, but you know, you sort of talked about how you were living in that, in those moments where you're having a great time and you were going all over the place and you felt that sort of, you know, that, that rhythm that felt good. And then you talked about how you fell into like a a bad rhythm sort of with the, with the bar and the club scene and, and everything like that. And for me, man, you know, uh, when I was a kid, I was pretty athletic. I was good at baseball. I was in karate and everything. And my dad used to call me too tough when I was a little kid. Cause I would just sort of like Hulk Fury as a little kid and stuff. But then I, I started, you know, coming into just, I was, I was ill a lot. And then coming into puberty, I got sick all the time for a couple of years straight and it messed my mood up big time. And, uh, between, like uh, feeling sorry for myself about some stuff and making bad choices and just getting deep, deep into drugs and drinking. You know, I had a big, long, like fifteen-year or so period in my life where I was just like burning it at both ends, hardcore. So, you know, all that is to say, and and even with the exercise, that's how I found my way out. And I I use the word pit to describe where I was at and climbing out. You know, and I think about it in terms of like chains strapped to my back that I have to be strong enough to pull now because I have the past that I have and things. And so, um, on the one hand, I just wanted to say that's that's a lot of why I felt like we could have this conversation was because I know what that's all about and I can I can identify with it. And number two, I wonder. I'm sure along the way you saw a lot of people who burned out all the way and just didn't make it back out. And what do you think was the difference between you and them? that allowed you to maybe reframe a little bit and see a way out and to take it instead of just kind of wallowing forever in your misery and dying from it.
1: I honestly think that a lot of my past experiences, you know, playing football and whatnot, I was like a team captain and everything like that. Like I said, I, I think that the ADD medication and, you know, drinking all the time and smoking all the time changed me as a person you know, like I said, I was never anxious around people. I, I love people. I love being in the spotlight and it was you know, probably one of the, it, actually I'm not going to say probably, I'm going to say definitely. One of the reasons why I wanted to play music is because I loved the spotlight. I, I had uh, probably, I would say probably like a bigger ego. Now I, I say that I have a healthy ego and I'm not trying to glorify myself as much, but no, I was all about wanting to be in the spotlight and everything and, you know, the, the, I was, I was given awards like by the Marines and high school and, and things like that for just leadership type stuff. So it's something that I was already familiar with. And that's why, like when I looked in the mirror, I was like, man, this isn't, this isn't you, you know, it never has been me. And so it was really kind of getting back to my old self somewhat, but I feel like this was just a stage that I had to go through in order to, I, I guess, mature and uh, have that maturity about me within in the characteristics that I had and my personality growing up and everything like that. So I I don't want to say that it, it came natural to me because I mean, if I said that it just came natural to me, like I led myself down a hole, you know, in, into that pit that, that you're talking about. And, and so I think it just became just a realization of like, Hey, you know, my actions actually matter, you know, uh, and then realizing what I'm really responsible for and also taking what is in the background mentally and pulling it towards the fo- the, the uh, in front of you and facing it. I think that a lot of people have a problem doing that where they 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 let their emotions run them like, oh, no, dude, we don't talk about that, you know, like I did with my classes, you know, and the decision I made to not drop out of my classes and waste the money (laughs) on, on those classes that I didn't show up for instead of, you know, saving my ass academically. (laughs) But I think a lot of people do that with their problems and, and don't go in the safe route. And I also feel like expectations of family members and everything like that. And, uh, people that they surround themselves with has a lot to do it is a lot to do with it as well. Social, social pressures of, you know, what they're, what, what the expectations of them are and and whatnot. I I think it, there's so many variables that come in to play. So Mm. it's, it's really tough to say what it is for, for most people, but you know, everybody's got the same opportunity uh, generally. Um, You know, to, to make them, to make life better and to make something great of themselves. But not everybody takes advantage of it. I think because of those reasons,
0: hmm. you know, I had Shadidi Elaser on here recently, Mr. Shadid. And he, uh, he essentially said much the same, which I kind of concurred with, which is just like, there, there are differences in where you start out in your life But each of the places has its own set of advantages and disadvantages, and you can argue about which ones outweigh the others, but the reality is that um, even if you start at the lowest of the low or the highest of the high, if you start at the lowest and you just make good decisions more often than not by a a high margin, it doesn't take that long to get to a point where it doesn't matter where you started because you're already ahead of everybody else because most people don't do that. It's two steps forward, one step back all the time. And if you're at the top of the, you know, if you're at the top of the heap, it doesn't take very long for you to take some consecutive steps down before you're just in the gutter like anybody else might have even started from. And so when it comes to that, and especially in a place like the United States, there really is it just takes a few good decisions in a row across a couple of months. And suddenly your whole world looks different. And across a year or two or three years, your life really is very different because there's so much potential out there. And I wonder, you know, you're, you're involved in a few different things now and it hasn't, it didn't all come at once. And I wonder what kind of journey that's been for you mentally, as far as kind of wrapping your mind around, abundance and moving more into the business and, and diversifying your stuff and how you've managed all that, what kind of systems or tools you use to maybe keep your head on straight and your time well managed.
1: And honestly, I feel like it's, it, a lot of it has to do with, uh, environment and the choices that you make, because I, I, I do feel like environment is a, uh, factor and I changed my environment. I stayed in that town. Uh, when I graduated, I got an engineering job at an automotive supplier. And uh, basically, my plan was to move after I graduated, but it didn't work out like that. And I stayed in the same town with the same people doing the same things. And for a long, the longest time, I tried to do my own thing, man, and, and it was lonely. And uh, it still took me putting on the blinders, regardless of how lonely it was. It was like, I can't go back. I can't keep doing this crap, you know? And every now and then, of course, I'd I'd break off and I'd I'd give in. But then it would remind me, Matt, this is why you don't do that. And so I feel like those at those at those points where I guess you come to where you're a little bit more vulnerable because you didn't have that awareness and you have to learn that lesson in order to gather that awareness so that when you go back into a similar situation you now know what to do and so it's like okay i was up here and i wasn't aware of you know uh, what i could have done to keep going but now i'm coming back down here so okay now i got to work my way back up and now that i know what to do i can go to the next level you know what i mean kind of revisiting the same spot so to speak. Um, But it was a lot, a lot of it had to do with the books I read and and I stopped listening to music so much. I started using my time while I was driving to listen to books, to listen to podcasts, to watch YouTube videos that were positive and start basically I, I wanted to make an impression on myself and influence myself. And you can do that by the things that you consume, not only physically, but mentally. So uh, and, and, and emotionally as well i would say so basically just feeding your mind the stuff that you want to hear man do you, you there there are certain truths that are subjective they're subjective and so basically it's 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 how you you decide what your truth is and what you want your reality to be and for me i wanted my re- reality to be success so i started to listen to everything i could soak in everything i could i didn't care if i listened to the same thing over and over again i wanted to pound it into my subconscious because I want it to just come naturally to me. When this crap happens, no, I'm not going to allow, you know, the evolutionary uh, processes of my brain to go into a negative state and instead influence my brain and to go into a positive state and be like, wait, I know better now because I kept listening to Les Brown or Jim Rohn or somebody who, who tells you to keep keep your head on straight, basically. And so it, it had a lot to do with, influencing myself with what I was reading and what I was consuming. And then also the people that I surrounded myself with, I, I had, didn't have a lot of close friends that were, you know, that were kind of on the come up, so to speak. But I had friends that were, you know, long distance and also in Twitter that I would communicate with and and talk to people in, in, in that realm and call my friends, you know, from far away to get, you know, their introspect and, and everything like that. So it has to do with what you set yourself up for. You are your own teammate. You got to set yourself up with the assist. You know, think about you tomorrow. Look, you're going to run into problems. It's inevitable. How do you want to react when you get to that problem? Do you want it to let you let it get you down or do you want to overcome it? Well, if you want to overcome it, start doing these things that will build you up so that when you get there, you can take it and you can overcome it. So it, it had a lot to do with that.
0: Look, uh, that's right up my alley. You know, I wrote a book and it's, it's about trying to teach people the tools, some of the tools that I've used in my own life to, to get your mind right and to paint a picture of what you want in the future. And then to paint out the steps and to use your mind to visualize in detail the things that you want and to take old memories and retrain the way that you look at them, reframe them, paint them a different color, you know, um, Remove the traumatic aspects of it, so that you can honestly look at your life and and integrate the lessons that are there waiting in the stuff that you are afraid to touch. Kind of like you talked about, you know, you you got to pull that out. And a lot of the, you know, I'm not sure how much you are into writing, but one of the main ways that people do that is to put it on paper because you can't really hide from what you've written down. It's right there in front of you, and you made it a real thing. And it's the same thing with. The other end of stuff, your dreams and things, It's like, yeah. I mean, you could, you could see it, but until you put your hands out there into the world and make stuff happen and do that on a consistent basis, you don't accomplish much of anything because you haven't taken the actions behind it. And that's, you know, as I was listening to you, I heard a lot of um, maybe intention and visualization and some of the stuff that a lot of people can look at as woo woo because a lot of the teachers or like proponents of this stuff forget about the the practical end which is yeah this is this powerful set of tools right here you can you can think about it you can plan it out you can visualize it you can use those tools but then you also have to come over here you got to make your body strong you got to go out in the world and act you have to develop real relationships with other people because you can't do all this stuff on your own you have to have that you know resonance between people and you know you're a guy who I've been listening to you and you're very' Articulate, and you have an ability to make ideas flow seamlessly, and that's a pretty uncommon trait. And you're also jacked, uh, and, also, you know, and you have you have these tools in place that a lot of times are missing on one end or the other of people who sort of teach one aspect or the other. And what do you think it is that you've sort of united maybe more of the spirit and mind with the body aspects of things in a way that maybe a lot of other people don't do as expressly as you do?
1: Um, I'd probably say repetition because what came into my mind when, when you were speaking about, you know, Hey, we, we have these powerful set of tools. One thing that I know that I've encountered with others is that they'll start working with these tools, but they'll maybe do it for like a day or so. And then they'll be like, Oh, it didn't work. Well, no shoot, It didn't work. You did it for a day. Like you, you gotta commit to a little bit of a larger time frame, and have faith that they're going to work. That's a, that's another thing that comes into it, man. Is faith and, and then trust in the process. Because a lot of people don't take that into effect, you know, uh, or into consideration. They uh they think something's just you know magically going to work and things are going to change. But no, like it, think about how long it took for you to be who you are currently uh to do the things that you already do habitually we you you don't even know where you started you know and so like today you can make a conscious decision to start doing better things and to commit to like a long term process of building certain characteristics and aspects of yourself that you want it's who do you want to become you know and then doing the ne- taking the necessary steps okay start and start small you know another thing is people look at this they look at the big picture and it's overwhelming. You know, you got to look at the step right in front of you. That's it right in front of you. When you take that step, then look at the next step, you know, uh, or, you know, maybe have a general idea of what the next step is, of course, but you you see what I'm saying? It's like, it's just step out, take it one step at a time, man. I mean, you can't be, you know, thinking about, you know, if you're, if you're running a race, yeah, keep your eyes on the finish line, but think about what you're doing right now. Most mostly, um, it's it's hard to manage all that. I will say, of you know, defining what you want in the future and then developing a plan to establish that future. It's uh, it, it's something a lot of people don't take the time to do. They'll say, "Oh yeah, I want things to be better." It sounds nice to say, but they won't actually take action to to do it. So it's like, all right, how serious are you about this? And, and, it's, and it's very simple. People will, will sit there and, and, and try to overcomplicate things. As human beings, that's what we do. We overcomplicate things, but it's really, actually really simple. And the simple things that, the simple advice that people hear, because it's so simple, they, they don't think that they have any significance, but it's because they're so simple. And you can simply dedicate yourself to writing down your goals, uh, to to visualizing. Take, take 10 minutes out of your day to visualize something or, or, or to pray about something. And it's like, okay, make, make a habit out of that. It's such a small thing to do but it, but it's extremely significant because of uh, the compounding effect. So I honestly think that it's because of lack of repetition, lack of commitment, and maybe also seriousness about change. you got to be real with yourself. Hey, am I seriously willing to dedicate myself in order to making these changes? I think a lot of times it has to happen where like my situation where I had to hit rock bottom for me to be like, OK, time to change some things and be serious about it. And, uh, I, you know, I, I took a picture that day. That's one of the things that I did. That was so simple. Um, and I honestly just did it out of instinct, to be honest with you. I was like, you know, what, I'm going to take a picture because this day. Like. The body that I have right now, it's never going to be like this again. This is the last day that I'm going to look like this. And honestly, it's, I think that's something that people can do, you know, Hey, get serious about it. Take your before picture, go ahead and do it now. Then you already got started. You know, once you get started, you may as well just keep it rolling. You know?
0: Yeah, man. (laughs) As you were talking, um, what I was thinking of is sort of a, like a, a recipe, a food recipe, you don't, like sure, you might have to learn a couple of terms and you might have to develop a basic skill set um, to cook. You know, you have to know how to turn on the stove, you have to know what oil is, you have to know what the herbs are and, and you know, what food you're cooking. But beyond that, if you have instructions in front of you, you can just follow them. And if they don't work, you can modify little things to make it work. And then you have this recipe. And then some people stop and just go, okay, I'm just going to get more recipes and I'll follow them. And then some people go, okay, I learned some skills from this. I'm going to experiment over here and try this. But one way or the other, if you follow the recipe often enough, you get good at doing it, but you can do it one way or the other the first time through. If you make a mistake, you go, where did I go wrong? You follow the recipe. And it's the same thing for anything in life. It's like, the end result is your dinner. You know, the end result is your carved marble statue, your carved marble body. It's your successful multi-million dollar business. Cool. Step one, what is it? I don't know. Well, how are you going to follow a recipe where you don't even know the first step? You don't even know the first ingredient. Go find who's done it before and, and kind of, how did they do it? Ask them even. Usually they'll tell you okay you know and if you and then if you can see step one step two kind of gets informed by that and maybe you hit a roadblock at step, step ten. but the point is it's all laid out in front of you and there are people who are willing to tell you for free and take their time just to tell you how to do something because they see you're interested and they're like yeah here's what you do and if you follow those pretty soon you have the whole thing in front of you and then you turn around and you start being that guy and I I wonder like You know, I've detected some passion in your voice, almost like you're holding yourself back. And um, I wonder when you look out the world, I I wrote a book with some friends talking about a lot of this stuff. And our friend, um, Noble Brown, sociopathletic on Twitter, he wrote the afterward and he said, you know, look, this book shouldn't have had to have been written, but it did need to be written because so many people haven't gotten the basic tools of how to make their life work. And I wonder if you like you look out at the world and you go how is it even do you ever get frustrated even though you were there? Because I was there and still I look out at the world and I'm like would you stop being such an idiot? And then I have to sort of coach myself out of that place. But I wonder if some of your passion come out of that just sort of I, I don't know how to quite describe it but this belief that so many people are on such a whack track and don't even have foundational skills to life
1: yeah i mean no i completely relate it's everyone is fighting their own battle i mean even at the next level it, it's it's literally about like man which battle do you want to fight you know it's pick your pick your battles you know i mean you have rich battles you have poor battles i mean mm-hmm. no matter what at, at at whatever uh point in your life you're going to be dealing with certain type of struggles it's just what type of struggles do you want to deal with it doesn't get any easier at the top. You're still going to be questioning yourself. You're still going to be saying, you know, hey, am I really worthy? And and, and you're still going to have those same thoughts. We're, we're humans. We question things like that. We question our own identity so often. It's, 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 and, and we talk about platitudes a lot on Twitter, but we need platitudes, damn it. Like, okay, you need those reminders. You don't, you don't have them memorized so on, uh, like subconsciously where what the platitude is talking about that you don't have to deal with a problem that it is solving like you are constantly dealing with those problems. So that's why you've got to have those things. And that's why those platitudes have relevance. They have significance. And why they're called platitudes. Um, it, even though, you know, people see them over and over again, they may get annoyed by it. Sorry, but you've got to see them over and over again. And people need to be reminded of them over and over again because we forget. We don't have them uh, memorized. Like I said, subconsciously. Um, but no, when I when I look at other people, yes, I can get frustrated. Absolutely, I think everybody does to a certain extent. But I've gotten much better at dealing with that frustration. And also, like I mentioned, reminding myself that hey, not everybody's going to get it. You know, uh, that and, and that's not something that you need to invest your emotion into. Invest your emotion into what you can control. Um, and you have to remind yourself that. So when you see somebody like that, it doesn't bother you. It doesn't give you that unnecessary stress. We choose to stress over things that we are so unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, I think it's just human nature and uh, it's just something that we're always constantly going to be battling. It, if it's not one thing, it's another. So it's, it's really honestly, I, I think that it's also building up a tolerance to that as well. So when you're, when you're, your, your comfort zone is, is is about this big but dealing with that problem more and more makes that comfort zone grow so that when when you know other situations come into the fold it's like nothing okay I've dealt with this so many other times you know what I mean um, so it's it's it, it does suck that other people have To deal with their circumstances and whatnot, but it's also something that they need. It's something that's good for them. They gotta learn somehow. And if it's going through a hard ass time, then let them go through a hard ass time. I think one of the mistakes that we can make in in helping people is thinking that we're helping people, but then enabling them. And when you're enabling someone, you're obviously not helping them, you're allowing them to continue the decisions that they had been making to lead them to where they are. You got to let some people just fall on their ass. That's the only way they'll learn.
0: Yeah, man, you know, my dad was a pretty tough love kind of guy and he always had my back when I needed it. Uh, but as I got older, you know, I realized sort of his way of being a safety net was just like slowing my fall enough that I didn't, you know, die from hitting the ground. But you know, I still had to hit plenty hard, plenty of times to knock some sense into my thick skull. Um, But I think that's, you know, there's, I often say most people are good people and want everybody to have a happy life or a good life. Um, But sometimes people don't know how to express that, or they might even disagree about what that means. Um, But people are very charitable. And when you see somebody suffering, you know, hurting, hurting themselves and hurting on the inside and hurting other people, maybe because of it, you want to, you want to try to help them not do that and
1: relieve that pain for them.
0: Exactly. Right. And you know, there's
1: empathy. Yeah. And that's a lot of people, a lot of people can't help that. And, And of course I, you know, I feel empathy for, for people and I understand what it's like to be in a rough spot. So like, that's, why I'm able to have that empathy, and you know, uh, empathy, I think is kind of been through the grinder a little bit here because there are some people that just aren't authentically uh, empathetic. um But I think that does have a lot to do with it, and then wanting to help people just because you went through it, you know, and, and it's and it's hard not to feel that way, you know. So it's like it's it's also building that up and be like, hey, look. Also saying to yourself, like, all right, well, this may be good for them because you also have to look at it from a standpoint of, man, there's somebody who has been there before and has made it out of there. Like they did it. They're okay, you know? And you know, somebody out there in some way has got it worse. You know, there's seven billion of us. (laughs) So it's like, okay, yeah, help out, help, help who you can, help the helpless. I think that's a duty of ours is to help the helpless, the innocent and the helpless. If, if somebody is, you know, uh, got some type of handicap and do what you can for, them, man, it sucks. You know, that, that they honestly, innocently cannot get out of their situation. Then I understand stepping in and, and lending a helping hand, but there's some people that are just, they got to learn, you know, and it's kind of distinguishing between those two.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, you're exactly right. Some people, the only thing wrong with them is their decisions. Everything else is just fine. And there's nothing, the reason they're making those decisions because they think they're smarter than everybody else. And they're going to prove their hot shit by, by going their special way. And then their special way is just to do the same thing as every other dude who <laughs> thought they were going to prove everybody wrong by making bad decisions for the win. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you're right. And there's, I think people like me and you who have sort of, been there and then made it out there it's very easy to say well like i I know what you're saying right now and i also know that what you're saying is just the stuff you've been telling yourself that's keeping you there because i was there and i did the same thing now i'm gone and it's it's sometimes it's tricky not to invest yourself emotionally into somebody like that because you're like you just you're this close man if you just shift it a little bit and say yeah Whatever, whoever's fault it was, I'm going to do something about it right now. Just make that one shift, Then the whole world opens up to you because uh, you fill your mind with possibilities instead of the Um And I, you know, I guess I just wonder from your perspective, um, what, what, where do you draw the line? Do you, just, you just offer stuff out in the air, and whoever kind of takes it takes it, and you hope for the best. Or where do you draw the line as far as? Um how much energy you invest in what might seem to be a lost cause, or where do you draw the line of lost cause at, I suppose.
1: Uh I would say that person needs to show me that they're trying to help themselves. Uh because I've tried to help people that didn't really appreciate it. And you know, it it, did, it went over their head or they took it for granted. And I had to learn a lesson from, from, from that on on my own. It hurts, you know, like, uh, and, and you, you kind of resent that you did that, but it's honestly your fault. You have to, it's another lesson we got to learn is help those who will help themselves. You know, if I see that you're helping yourself and you're trying to get yourself out of the situation and you come to me and say, Matt, look, you know, I've been doing this. I, you know, I, I, I'm just stuck right here with this one thing, you know, what, what can I do? Then I'm going to help you out, you know, cause you're obviously you're reaching out for help. You're, you're making an effort, you know, and I got to see that before I'm willing to invest investing. I'm not going to go out of my way and be like, Hey, you know, uh, you should, you should stop doing that. You know, if, if you, you know, won't, won't take it to heart, you know? Uh, so it's, it's more along the lines and I've kind of set myself up now to where I don't deal with that as much. um, and eventually I want to get to a point where I can just donate like to homeless shelters or even build my own homeless shelter. Like for, you know, either one for men, one for women and children um, and to do something in that regards that will actually help people who, who absolutely need it. Like people who need housing or, or something, something like that. But uh, I've set myself up now to where people will reach out to me and tell me. Uh, what they're trying to do in order to get better, and that's it, kind of makes it easier on me to have to try to distinguish whether or not they will appreciate it because they're making an effort, you know. Um, and and even though some those some of those people uh, won't even take it to heart, sometimes they still even need to learn. But at, at that point, you 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 kind of just say, "Hey, I did my part," you know, and you you did what you could do. There's, you can't make somebody do something. You can, you can influence them. uh, You can give them direction and that's about all you can do and just hope, you know, pray for them. But uh, you know, other than that, that's, that's all you can invest in. So, Hey, you did your part. Be happy with that. You did the right thing.
0: There's this dude. um, I've gone to a few of his seminars over the years. He's a, like a local motivational speaker. His name's Kirk Duncan, and he has this class that used to be called Master of Influence, and then he changed the name to Master Your Influence, and he kind of described why he did that, and he said there's a, lot of, there's a lot of different ways to influence people, but by mastering your influence, you're choosing who you want to be, and then you're being that person the most that you can be in the world. You know, In order for things to change, I must change. In order for things to get better, I must get better. That's kind of right there on his on his you know his sign that's sitting right outside the conference hall. And um, that's something that kind of has stuck with me are these little tweaks where if you just think about something a little bit differently, it totally shifts the way that you look at it sometimes it can be a 180 but sometimes it's just a little incremental shift and you get enough of those added up over time and it is the way that you think is you know the way that you think influences how you look at the world and what you're looking for and you you know you talked about how okay i'm surrounded with positive people and positive ideas and podcasts and it's not so much music it's it's learning and it's educating myself and you made that conscious shift to uh, sort of shift your subconscious. And that's, um, you know, those things are powerful, especially when you add them up. And there is, one of the things I wanted to talk about just a little bit is, I, you know, I latched on to exercise because no, no matter how I felt about it, if I did certain things, certain things happen to your body. It's a biological imperative. But then there's other things in life, like you talked about, that are kind of subjectively true. The way that you think about them influences your outcomes. And so you kind of have to wrap your head around the idea that, okay, there is a placebo effect, but there is a placebo effect. When you believe in something and you buy into it, that it's going to work. It does work to a certain extent.
1: Believing is seeing, but seeing is also believing. It's kind of a, you know, uh, yeah, not, 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 not a catch 22. What am I trying to say? Like a, and not a double-edged sword either. But you know what I'm saying where it's like it both 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 ways it goes both ways you know Yeah, yeah it's a
0: I like to call that a bidirectional communication
1: <laughs> But
0: the, the the idea I'm trying to maybe get across and have you have you maybe offer some thoughts on is that you have the you have the concrete stuff physics biological imperatives these kinds of things that are very concrete on the one side and then on the other side you have sort of the stories and the and the mechanisms that operate in a different way than that. They don't look at the world through a logical sort of step-by-step basis, even though a lot of the world is that way, the brain isn't. And so you have to use these things, but there are rules that those things follow too. You know, if you think about things a certain way, you then interface with the physical reality in a certain way. It's like a program, you know, software versus hardware. Thing that happens and the language is, is not quite accurate to the physical reality, I suppose, or the interface has to exist that way to, in order to manipulate it or whatever. You have to see it wrong to make it the way that you want. It to be. And, and I wonder just sort of your thoughts on that, because like I said, you kind of have both things going on and I find it interesting. And I wonder maybe if you could expand on that and explain maybe how you look at that kind of stuff
1: you i mean you know perspective has a lot to do with it and you know they say you know your, your perception is your reality and that there's a lot of truth to that and you know uh it's 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 hard to draw the line of you know hey how much control do you have um because we all interact with our realities like i can you know push someone you know or, or something you know and or get in the way or, or something. And, and, and that would affect their reality. So we, we affect each other, but you know, ultimately when, when things come in from the outside, it's, it's how we react that has a lot to do with it as well. Um, and that comes with experience too. And, you know, Hey, I've never dealt with this before. So how do I want to act towards that, you know, in the future compared to how I just did, you know? And so I think it has a lot to do with experience and then taking the time to reflect on your experiences how can you get any anything out of it if you're not reflecting on it the correct way and asking yourself the necessary questions you know cuz a lot of the times you know what i've dealt with in in, in the past and you know, I still you know, often often deal with it is you know how do i feel about this do i want to feel this way you know I, like how I don't, I don't enjoy feeling this way. How can I prevent myself from feeling these emotions now and starting to actually think about how I'm processing that information and how I'm processing that situation and trying to look at it from a different way. And honestly, a lot of the times I come to the conclusion that, you know what, I just chose to see it this way. And that's why I reacted negatively to it. So that's why I need these reminders, you know, to, to, Put things back into the right perspective for myself, and it takes effort to do that. It takes a conscious effort to do that and to go against emotion. So one thing that I've that I've uh, explained to others is, we have where we lift weights in order to improve our physicality. You're picking, you're going up against gravity. Uh, you're, you're picking up against gravity, and as as you pick up against gravity, your muscle expands. Well, it's the same thing with mentality, except gravity is is comfort. So it's picking up and experiencing discomfort that actually builds that mental muscle of yours. So you can do that on purpose. You can actually say, "Hey, look, you know, uh, uh, what was I saying? Like, it's kind of like a mental exercise or an emotional exercise uh, of where." Compliment someone that gets on your nerves. That's something hard for people to do. That's basically you lifting up an emotional weight right there and going against your emotion. You know, hey, compliment someone you don't like. Compliment someone that rubs you wrong. You know, uh, you know, uh, talk to uh, five new people today that that you don't know. Talk to five people and give them compliment that you've never met strangers. You know, a lot of people ha- are nervous about going to talk to, to strangers in sales. You got to make cold calls. And that's something when you start out, you're like, oh, damn, you know, I got to make a call, cold call. I got to I got to try to establish a relationship with this with this new person now. But after you do it a hundred times, you're like, oh, give me the phone. You know, I got this. And so it's building that mental muscle and that emotional muscle and being able because the, the thing is, it's like the. The more weight you can pick up, the easier it is to fight against gravity. You know what I mean? So it's the same thing. The more, um, the more emotions you can deal with, the easier it is kind of to be to deal with discomfort and, and to battle comfort, you know. So I, I, I think it has a lot to do with experience and then also purposely and intentionally doing things that will build you. And you've got to develop a plan for that, you know, and and challenge yourself. <laughs> If it's easy, it's, it's not good. You know, you got to do something hard that intimidates you because that's the weight. When you get over some weight that you don't think you can lift, that's how you grow. You say, man, you know, I don't know if I can get five, but I don't know if I can get six. Okay. We're going for six today then, you know, and you gotta, you gotta push yourself into that. It's tough for people to do. It's that's, that's one thing that I figured out and that I also have to remind myself of, but it's, a lot of people are not aware of it in the first place.
0: Absolutely. And you know, um it's funny, there seems there seems, you know, I've been involved with exercise and with karate and with kettlebells and with barbell lifts and training and all this kind of stuff for a long time. And the whole time pretty much. And even to this day, people who are very muscular or spend a lot of time thinking about diet and exercise are often viewed as knuckleheads or sort of oblivious to stuff. But it's like, no, I don't, I don't think you understand what it is because I make the decision every day or a certain amount of times a week to go do something that's way hard. I have to try as hard as I can to make this work. And I do it every day. When's the last time you tried as hard as you can to do anything physical? Well, did exactly. you know, brain is a part of your physical body, and when you exercise, it's healthier and more capable because it's got increased blood flow, it's got better nutrients. It's, you know, it's, uh, it, it works better. And did you know also that when you engage in intense exercise, you sometimes experience neurogenesis, and then if you go learn something new, it locks them in place, and you, you grow new brain cells. So what you've That's been doing is
1: podcast <laughs> while I'm working out, and yeah, man. I start, I started doing that, and and because I, I really do. Think that that makes a big difference i can't do it on leg day but on any other day i'll listen to the podcast
0: you know squats Squats are something that I really love, and I really hate, and that's why I yeah. love them so much too. But, yeah, if I'm listening to anything on squat day besides just my psych, you know, my, my mental psych game, it's probably just going to be some tool or some, some heavy yes. stuff and, you know, just, like, get the fire going. And Then you're, you're either going to kill something or you're going to go squat right now. And since the bar is right there, you might as well squat.
1: But It's so funny you, know. you say that because I was squatting today listening to Tool.
0: That new album coming out soon. That'll be all right. (laughs) Yeah, I saw
1: I saw them a a few months back, and they put it up on the screen. I think for the first time, so that was really cool to be a part of.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, I I saw a video from that. That was that was about the extent I got to see of that. But uh, I'm looking forward to that. Didn't didn't necessarily expect the conversation to take that turn, but I love Tool, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, absolutely. I mean. and, and, and it's about time, too. <laughs> yeah. It's been, it's been too long since that thing. <laughs> yeah. Promising it yeah, promising it forever. But no, honestly, just speaking of Tool, Tool opened my eyes to a lot of things, man. Mm-hmm. Their lyrics and, and their music and how they write, they're brilliant. It's like, wow. You know, it's like when I realized, you know, Lateralis and they used the, uh, what is it? Um. Why can't I think of it? The the, the mathematical Chibonacci. equation, Fibonacci golden yeah. Mean, yeah
0: golden ratio golden mean. <laughs> yes,
1: they used that to write their song. I was like, "What the hell? That is so brilliant, man! That's some next level shit." Yeah. And then uh, forty six and two, just the meaning behind metamorphosis and our development and 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 the shadow man he was talking about this stuff years before people were even just like you know people listen to their music like to music just for like mindless stuff man you listen to tool because it is st- extremely mindful yeah man and
0: you know that not for nothing i mean this is this is more relevant than maybe some people might initially think because when tool first came out you know they were buddies with rage against the machine and they did some stuff together even but they were both so angry because the state of music in the 90s, the 80s, the 90s, into the 2000s. I mean, it was just it was so abysmal. I mean, even rock, you know, the, a lot of the rock acts coming out were just hacky and crappy, like Creed and Nickelback and just shit like that. And then, you know, Manor just kind of comes out screaming his brains out and punching hard and, you know, hanging out with Bill Hicks and really thinking about things. And then he'd go on the radio, and people would ask him the same foolish questions, and he'd just kind of like, mock them you're going to ask me to name questions when i'm really trying to push your thinking and then over the years they kind of mellow it out and just accepted the same thing you're talking about which is sort of like you might be an idiot but what am i going to do about it you know i'm just going to express myself and make my art and do my thing and we're going to make it just right just exactly how we want it and you're not even going to understand because you're worrying about you know <laughs> i love the line all you know about me is what i sold you it just it's so very it applies very much to the world we're in right now. You know, everybody really knows, actually knows if you just eat right and exercise and take care of your money, hang out with good people and um, tell the truth and have a little respect in your relationships. That's all you need to make yourself an astounding success in this world. And, and so many people don't do that simple list. And then they're out there looking for all these things to make them happy. And it's like, well, you're not even taking care of putting your shoes on. you can't walk out on the street in the sun where it's hot because you don't even know how to put your shoes on man and you
1: know it's exactly like the thing is that's what i was mentioning before previously we complicate things man we we, when really the answer to a lot of our a lot of our our questions is simplification simplify this you know Uh, like uh we complicate our relationships while like, and, 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 and how, having to meet people, man, just go say, Hey, you know, let it go. Like what's what's let so much pressure on yourself. You know, like it's, it's literally like, okay, you know, and, and, and people got to remind themselves. I was listening to uh Bucky hates podcast yesterday. And he talks about how it's the brilliant people who you feel like are complicated that are actually the most simplified human beings. Like, was his name steve jobs where he would wear the same thing like every day like he was a creature of habit and you know to an extent that was absolutely brilliant of course but it's like okay how can we learn from that simplification you know um but you know back to tool i I think i believe the reason why that they named their band tool is because they wanted to use their music as a tool to influence people positively and I think that's huge as, as far as, as music is concerned. And and if anyone is out there, you know, that hasn't listened to it, I wanna encourage that you to listen to Tool, because it could open up your eyes to a, a, a few new perspectives.
0: Yeah, and, and I'll I'll kind of play devil's advocate because that's something that Tools does just in general and Maynard in the in the more public face of Tool as well, because it. They may well have the intention to influence people positively and to get them thinking about things. But tools is also a description of the people that are refusing to listen. And they've been making fun of those people the whole time because they play this badass music that just, just like outside of analysis of mathematics and esoteric connections and philosophy and all these developmental tools hidden inside of these things and the heart, it just sounds awesome. You know, it's just like, yeah, and there yeah. are those there who stop it? Yeah, tool. And they got the yeah, tool yeah. shirt, and they still look like they're at a Megadeth concert or whatever. And you're like, well, like that's cool. I can get along with you, man. I can shake your hand. I know you're tight. I mean, I'm not going to invite you to my kid's birthday party, but when I see you, I'll give you a high five, man. But yeah. <laughs> it's it's both of those people, and it's so funny because the whole time on the one side you got the thinkers kind of just laughing with tool at the other tool fans and then you got the other guys on the other side yeah it's just like well here we are at the concert man we're all here together and it's very funny (laughs) it's also very much like hey (laughs) are you looking into things or you're just kind of taking things at face value because there's both here and and kind of which side are you going to be on man because we're always inviting you over to the other side where you think about you want to you want to come think about things or not no man i'm good
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, part of me, part of me likes to believe, and I guess this is a type of projection that each tool fan gets it. But I guess with considering that perspective, you're probably right. There probably are some um, people out there who don't actually look at the lyrics and actually don't look up the Fibonacci sequence in lateralis and things like that. They just, you know, mindfully enjoy or mindlessly enjoy tool, which is, is somewhat uh, maybe ironic, (laughs) Yeah, you know, <laughs> man. You
0: know, I, I went to I went to one of the um, first three Pussifer concerts that Maynard put on, and he it was in Las Vegas and he had this Airstream trailer on the stage, and then he had people dressed as ninjas running around with cameras, and he had like the drummer from Primus there and um, uh, people from um, Perfect Circle came in and played with him for a while too, um, but he had this video that he played at the start of it and it was him just like uh dressed up as a military guy stating rules for the film. like turn off your fucking cell phone and and then the whole time, they're like these two knuckleheads in the back of the film going, "Tool, when's Tool coming?" Wasn't this is not a Tool concert, Tool bro? <laughs> and so he's just kind of acknowledging at the start, like I know half of you are here just because I'm the singer for Tool, but that's not what this is. You came here for a poster for concert. This is you're getting a poster for concert. Now turn off your phone and you shut up. And I'm gonna put on a cool show for you. And you know it's pretty funny, but just even the fact that he had to put that into his introduction to his show it just kind of goes to illustrate that they're definitely those chuckleheads out there still wearing Jinko jeans and you know like night tour of 93 Metallica t-shirts that they got at the show and they're cool I've seen them
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. but yeah I mean a lot of my listening to them is is kind of inspirational because I was into that type of stuff I enjoyed the the, the deeper side of things And I really appreciated it because it's like, you know, I want to look for the deeper meaning in things behind things. It interests me. I I like the the deeper conversations like we're having. I I don't like the the surface talk, man. I don't like small talk. I realize that small talk is necessary in order to 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 dive deeper. Because you don't just dive deep, you know, into, hey man, what are your problems? You know, (laughs) you gotta build you gotta you gotta build that that rapport with people before you actually can get to those serious, uh, conversations. So it, it, to me, it was extremely inspiring that Hey, there are other people out there who were looking into this thing and actually, you know, are, are looking to improve themselves and in, in that respect and to learn about life and learn about themselves. And uh, honestly, I, and, and I don't know if, if Maynard has changed his mind, uh, about the whole godly thing. Uh, but it, it, it begins to make sense a little bit with, you know, when we, when we talk about things like the law of attraction and, you know, vibrations and vibrational reality and in the Fibonacci sequence and everything like that. You just start to think like, man, you know, what there is, you know, it's it, it it kind of go into the equation of, of that discussion. And so to me, it's when we're in sync and we're on that same, you know, vibra- vibrational uh, see, uh, frequency you know we're vibing you know we call it you know everyone calls it we're vibing here it's real you know or we're, we're on that same wavelength you know we we got we're, we're going for the same thing here and i think that there's a huge connection uh emotional maybe even spiritual connection between people when we start to discuss things that we resonate with you know um so i i thought that was just a big part of it and a big part of their influence of, of me and inspiration for me for like what i wanted to do
0: yeah man, you know the reason I was glad to continue on with this conversation, sort of from framed around the tool perspective is you know they did start out very like emotionally angry and over the years have matured and gotten more thoughtful as I have too and it 's one of the few groups that have grown with me as I've continued to grow and have yeah. inspired me to certain kinds of growth and it 's the same thing the things that i 'll do forever like lifting weights, for example, or doing you know cool calisthenics and stuff is that no matter where you're at in your life, and no matter how good at them you are, there's always room for you to get better. Can you deadlift a thousand pounds? Well, there's guys who have, so you're not the best at it. And there's still more for you to learn. Or even if there isn't, there's still more for you to do. And that's, um, you know, when you, and you talked about frequency and there's, there's two important things to think about. There's amplitude, right? And then there's frequency. Is it, is it fast or is it spread apart because you know like let's say that you were a very high energy motivated disciplined person and you have a high amplitude of your vibration and you're also doing things quickly you're, you know you're like making moves well even if somebody doesn't have the energy that you have or the resources maybe they make quick decisions maybe you know and so you kind of hit along maybe they're here and you're here but you're moving at the same speed kind of and so you hit in alignment a lot of times and can help each other out Or maybe somebody has more power, um, but you know, and then it's like only hits an alignment maybe every four of your cycles. You don't get to see them that often. Maybe they're not in your world all that often because they're making big, huge moves. But when you can harmonize, the more you can harmonize with everything around you and all the people in your life, the more opportunities you're going to have to increase your amplitude and your frequency. And then when you level up, it's a different world and there's different people in it. But also there are people who are dissonant, you know, they're constantly hitting peak to peak, peak to peak instead of a line and they're hitting against you. And you have to learn to either overcome them or cut them out of your life. Um, And I wonder like, how much do you figure war with other people, whether physical or just psychological, is how often do you think that versus just sort of diverting around them or cutting them out of your situation?
1: I mean, uh, that's the thing is like, you know, you, you gotta, I think there's, there's intolerance and, and, and intolerance aspects that we have to take into effect because what, what you tolerate is what you allow more of. So if, if someone is, and it's, it's, I, I don't advise people to go against things, try to flow with things. You know what I mean? Cause when, when a problem comes, It's how, how, what is it? It, Maybe it could teach you something and the opinions that we give to things, you know, Hey, this, it wasn't good or bad. We just labeled it good or bad, you know? And so we, we have to sit back and and kind of ponder on that a little bit too. But, you know, as far as, you know, people are concerned, there are definitely, you, you got to think about, you know, the type of person that you want to become. And is that person going to help you get there, or are they are they holding you back, or they trying to push you in a different direction? Because you you you've got to protect your vibration, man. You if you're trying to raise yours, there are other people that will try to pull it down. And so it's it's and and it's also you know being willing to be open and open to, to different uh, I guess characteristics and training, learning learning new things and and whatnot, but knowing when or if it's going to benefit you or be detrimental to you. And uh, I, I think that's something that we just feel, you know, we, we have our intuition for those types of things. And it's something that we also have to develop because a lot of times we don't trust our intuition and that leads us down the wrong path. I've had times where my, I did not listen to my stomach and I regretted it. It's like, Oh, you know what? My stomach was right. Wow. My gut was right. And another thing that we don't take into consideration is that the second amount of neurons, uh, highest second highest amount of neurons in your body is in your gut. So you are getting that feeling, that 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 gut feeling. It's real. It's you actually feeling it in your gut because you have those neurons and those things in that subconscious uh, communication of "Hey, something's off here," you know. And we got to learn to listen to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's another one of those bidirectional axis or axes of communication is the gut brain connection, you know, it affects mood and, and I like to, when I'm working with people physically, I like to talk about the difference between say, like the the central nervous system, and then the fascia system, because the, you know, the fascia kind of wrap around the muscle like a like a sack and it's almost like a primitive communication system like a primitive nervous system because when it's tense here it squeezes and sends signals and then the neurons or the you know the nerve system picks it up and sends communication like hey muscles tight back here it's connected to here 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 so i stretch this and if you learn to listen to your body you go oh i need to do this stretch right now i've used this one before and it feels like this and then you feel that sensation relax and you go click click oh and that feels better. Um, But the point is, I suppose that,
1: you know, it's funny that you mentioned that actually a lot of what I do for my in person clients is uh, stretching. And, and we, uh, I, it's something that I've learned recently too, is everything is connected at the hip. So if your hip is misaligned or, or, you know, out of whack, it can create a pressure point somewhere else. It can create a pressure uh, point in your shoulder or create a, for me personally, uh, I have really tight glutes and uh, hamstrings and calves and it creates a pressure point in my heel. So I have to stretch all of that out and it begins at the hip. I have to stretch all of that out and it'll honestly relieve the pain in my heel, but you wouldn't sit there and think about, oh, it's my hip, you know, or it's my, oh, it's my glute because the pain is in your heel. So it's, it, once you realize that everything is interconnected, it starts to make sense, you know? So it's it's funny that you mention that because that's it's it's a, something that a lot of people don't realize and something I'll be I'm honestly going to be covering more of that here uh, soon.
0: This book right here, um, is called Anatomy Trains. Okay, and it's sort of all about that, and you know it has lines there, but it's sort of shows the way the musculature lines up and the way that the nerves line up and the way that the blood vessels flow. And it kind of shows you that you have those X's through your body. And then there's different, there's different ways that things travel. And when you understand a little bit about that, like I'm sure because of what you just talked about, sometimes you see somebody and they're kind of maybe this and this, and you walk up to them and you go, I'm going to touch you right here. And they go, Whoa. And then you go, yeah, oh. I, I can see what's going on here. And you know, it's, you have some posture stuff and we got some tightness and things here. And are you sitting at a desk all day or, you know, are you using your right hand to do something heavy all day? You kind of get the, the understanding of it. Interesting. That's, I mean, that's just kind of like anything the, the deeper you get into it, the more things it connects to and the more that it makes sense as sort of a, like a lens to view the whole world through. Yeah. But look, we, we've gotten into um, like, some pretty deep stuff over the course of this conversation. And there's a lot in here for people to think about. And I also want to be respectful of your time and of your puppy's time as well. Make sure that bathroom break doesn't happen on your couch. Um, So (laughs) a good time to maybe, you know, shift towards wrapping this up. And as I think back over the conversation, you know, we kind of started out with some basic stuff like here's, here's who you are. And, Got into maybe some philosophy or mentality aspects about how to sort of look at the world and approach what you need to do right now and ways of looking at what you need to do in the future. And we even got to bring in some tool and somehow try to make that relevant to our conversation. And let's say that, you know, because we've had the chance to have a conversation and I appreciate you coming on to do it. And it's been very easy to talk to you, but people listen to the podcast too. And let's say that we was sitting right in front of you. Whoever that is in your head, and you picture them and they say, You know, Matt, I really like what you talk about because there's this manly part of me that wants to be badass and lift weights and look good and be, you know, attractive to the opposite sex. But on the other hand, I don't want it to just be about that. I want to have some purpose and some vision. I want to be able to integrate and, you know, be on the right vibration on a lot of these levels. And the fact that you talk about it and that you, can demonstrate that you're doing it in so many ways makes me want to learn from you. And if they were sitting in front of you like that and they said, "What, you know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure where I want to start right now. What are one or two things that you could give me that I could go do starting right now that would give me the most bang for my buck along the way. And if they asked you that, what would you, what would you tell them?
1: Um, honestly, I would probably tell them, uh, basically it's, it's okay to want those certain things. And to have those specific desires, it's your control of them that really matters. So, are they are they healthy? Are they you know enough so that that they're not you know influencing your decisions and keeping you from doing what really actually matters to you? I mean, there are uh, biological urges and tendencies that we have to to meet, and we have to uh, you know, we, we basically have to satisfy those needs uh, pretty. Uh, pretty often um, and so it's basically establishing principles for yourself hey you know and, and, and like I mentioned before knowing that it's that it's it's okay hey you want these material things that's fine uh, that's there's 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 a part of you that wants those things there's there's some things that motivate uh, other people and some things that don't motivate people if you feel like being materialistic doesn't motivate you then don't be materialistic but if something if a if, if, uh, you know a, a damn mansion is going to motivate you and get you to take action and, and 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 impact the world positively, then damn, I hope you get that mansion. You know what I mean? So it's like, if if you have those things, that's okay. But you can have both. You can have all of that. You can become that man that you want to become. You can have the, uh, you know, to, you can become attractive. And to be honest with you, having that purpose is going to make you more attractive anyway. You know, women want to be with a man that has a drive and and that has that purpose about him that, you know, and and she can't deflect him from it. You know, he's he's going for that. He's got those goals and that's him. That's a part of you that she appreciates. So it all kind of interconnects. So I feel like once you start going for the 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 major things, those smaller things that you feel like aren't, you know, maybe necessarily worthy, start to come. Naturally. You're going to just going to attract them. I'm, I'm really big on, uh, attracting, uh, basically law of attraction. I think that you, when you become someone of value and you give value, you're going to receive more value than you even know what to do with. You know what I mean? And I've, I've lived that I've experienced it and I've seen other people and I've talked to other people that have experienced it as well. So, um, that's basically what I'd say is it's okay. It's okay to want those things. Just develop principles for yourself. Know what really matters to you and stick to it. Have integrity and be honest and respectful of yourself.
0: Hell yeah, man. You know, (laughs) principles, I talk about principles almost every episode. I write about principles all the time. I have exercises in my book, exercises just out there and blogs all over the place about Finding your principles, how to find your principles, sticking to your principles, 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 because it's like if you if you don't know the rules you're supposed to play by, how are you supposed to play at all? You know, it's And when you frame in your life with rules, there's just boundaries you don't go across. And that means you get to apply that much more energy to just going down the path you've set for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I really appreciate that that's the piece of advice you want to offer people is, is have your dreams and then just live according to what you believe is right and go for it with all your might you know it's there's no other option the only other option is you live the way you've chosen to live or you die trying and if you and if you really wrap your head around that there's literally only that limit you go for it and either you you don't have the capacity to do it you can't make the connections even though you try your best every day and you try to get better you just can't or you yeah. die or you get what you're going and if you do that, no matter what, you're going to be satisfied way more in life than if you hadn't done it because you'd be sitting around wishing you'd done anything at all. So yes. and I didn't mean to get all worked up about that, but it's something I feel strongly about. It's like know yeah. your rules and then you play way better because you have those rules regardless. When you feel bad, there's something wrong. Why do you feel bad? Why is that a rule for you?
1: Figure it out, dude. Exactly. There's, there's a difference between shame and guilt and guilt is, is knowing that you did something that was against who you are. And I think having those personal boundaries for yourself, like you're talking about are absolutely necessary. Like, look, this is what I really want long-term. And a lot of people don't think about long-term it's what I want long-term and I'll, I'll die trying, you know, I'm going to die anyway. I may as well die living how i trying to live the way in in the life that I want to live, you know,
0: (laughs) that's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know, it's, a you can go for it or not. It's going to end in the same and you're going to feel a certain way one way or the other. So, you know, choose wisely, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, man, that's, that's a pretty solid place to kind of leave people with. It's a good positive message, but it's also sort of a, a stark message for some people out there. It's like, look, you are, you are what you do and what you think. So choose, choose what you're going to do and think a little better. And I like that. So why don't you, why don't you take the time to tell people where they can find you on social media and all the, you know, all the stuff that you're doing that you want them to know about say hello to anybody that you feel like if you do. Um, and then we can kind of round this puppy out.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. So I'm on, I'm mainly on, uh, Twitter and Instagram. And I also have my website. So, so my website is real and Stevens is with a pH. Uh, my Twitter handle and Instagram handle are the same being at Matt underscore S underscore Stevens. So uh, you can find me there. I'm, I'm, I'm on them pretty frequently and uh, you can message me, uh, drop me a, 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 email on my website or, or, or however, if you want to get in touch with me, but I've got you know, my newsletter going on. I'm going to be releasing an ebook that's going to simplify uh, dieting c- and developing a healthy relationship with food soon and people that sign up for my newsletter are going to be getting that for free. So, uh, that's, that's the basic gist of it. And, and I'll be having some more things I'll be introducing in the future too, uh, specifically to people who join my newsletter.
0: Very good. The, the old classic newsletter, you must be hanging out with uh, and her or, or Alexander Cortez. I mean, Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I just about called him Andrea there. I'll have to tell him he's not <laughs> as in my book. <laughs> yeah. uh, so look, is there uh does anybody want to say hello
1: to? Um, I guess, uh, so there was, there was, there was one, uh, interview I did, uh, with a, with a gentleman who I, I, I was telling about my, my po- my coach one time who, who helped me understand dieting from a personal perspective and actually helped me get my results. So I want to give a shout out, uh, to Mike Polis, uh for for doing that uh on this one since i i I didn't say his name on the last one so felt kind of bad about that so hey mike
0: what up mike (laughs) well look man it was great to have you you're easy guy to talk to you got a good brain on you it was easy to tell that so uh, you know thanks for coming on the logos and podcast and thanks for sharing your wisdom with me and with the audience and uh if you're good i'm good
1: i'm good too chance i really appreciate you having me man
0: Yeah, absolutely. This has been the Logo Centrifugal Podcast. I've been Chance Lunsford. He's been Matt Stevens. And this has all been Allegedly. We here at the Logo Centrifugal Podcast work hard to bring you the highest quality audio, the best editing, and the most professionalism of any podcast on the market. Either that or we do the exact opposite. Either way, consider supporting the podcast If you'd like to support the podcast, you can support the podcast by supporting the podcast. There's a link somewhere, and I encourage you to click the link to support the podcast professionally.